Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Second Kings chapters 11 and 12 a heartless queen, a fatherly priest, and a boy king. Yesterday, we saw Jehu, the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, kill off all of Ahab's evil kin to fulfill God's promise. He was ridding the kingdom of bad influences, yet he kept the gold calves that Jeroboam set up. Today, we find one of wicked Jezebel's daughters, that's Ahab's wife, Athaliah, crowned herself queen of Judah when she learns her, her son Ahaziah is dead. Her next actions were, uh, let's just say that her mother would have been very proud of her. Let's dig in. We're in 2 Kings 11. When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehosheba, Jehosheba, the king of the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom, and they hid him from Athaliah so the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiada the priest summoned the commanders, the Karite mercenaries, the palace guards to come to the temple of the Lord. He made a solemn pact with them and made them swear on an oath of loyalty there in the Lord's temple. Then he showed them the king's son. Jehoiada told them, this is what you must do. A third of you who are on duty on the Sabbath are to guard the royal palace itself. Another third of you are to stand guard at the Sir Gate. And the final third must stand guard behind the palace guard. These 
These three groups will guard the palace. The other two units who are off duty on the Sabbath must stand guard for the king at the Lord's temple. Form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons at hand. Kill anyone who tries to break through. Stay with the king wherever he goes. So the commanders did everything as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting for duty that Sabbath, as well as those who were going off duty. They brought them all to Jehoiada the priest, and he supplied them with spears and small shields that had once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of the Lord. The palace guards stationed themselves around the king with their weapons ready. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and all around the altar. Then Jehoiada brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king! When Athaliah heard the noise made by the palace guards and the people, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar, as was the custom at times of coronation. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him, and, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. When Athaliah saw this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priestess said she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. For they seized, So they seized her and led her out to the gate where the horses enter the palace grounds. And she was killed there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. He also made a covenant between the king and the people. And all the people of the land went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idol to pieces. And they killed Matam, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Jehoiada, the priest, stationed guards at the temple of the Lord. Then the commanders, the Karite mercenaries, the palace guards, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the gate of the guards and into the palace, and the king took his seat on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the king and the city was peaceful because Athaliah had been killed at the king's palace. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Let's pause here to think about this. So Athaliah was the only queen who ruled during this time period. God promised David that he would have a straight lineage of kings ruling Judah. Had Athaliah's plan to destroy all of the royal family worked, we would not have Jesus. So we owe a debt of gratitude to God for prompting uh, Jehoshaphat to hide a uh, baby Joash and save him. Joash was raised by the priest Jehoiada to fear God and was crowned when he was just seven years old. Being a child king meant that his mentor Jehoiada was his main advisor. Basically, he ran the country. Jehoiada renewed the covenant with the Lord like renewing wedding vows. 
The one good thing was the demolition of the temple of Baal and all the idols. So far, so good, right? Going on. Second Kings 12. Joash began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. Okay, so if you're getting confused again with all these kings and who ruled in Israel, who ruled in Judah, in the bottom of yesterday's post, I have a chart um, of all of the, um, the kings and when they ruled and who was bad and who was good and all of the prophets. And we're going to talk about the prophets in a couple of days here. Um, okay, so all his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Yet, even so, he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. Those were the high places. Um, was it Solomon left them there? One day, King Joash said to the priests, collect all the money brought as a, sacred, as a sacred offering to the Lord's temple, whether it is a regular assessment, a payment of vows, or a voluntary gift. Let all the priests take some of that money to pay for whatever repairs are needed at the temple. But by the 23rd year of Joash's reign, the priest still had not repaired the temple. So King Joash called for Jehoiada and the other priests and asked them, why haven't you repaired the temple? Don't use any more money for your own needs. From now on, it must be all spent on temple repairs. So the priests agreed not to accept any more money from the people. They also agreed to let others take responsibility for repairing the temple. Then Jehoiada the priest bored a hole in the lid of a large chest and set it on the right-hand side of the altar at the entrance of the temple of the Lord. The priests guarding the entrance put all of the people's contributions into the chest. Whenever the chest became full, the court secretary and the high priest counted the money that had been brought to the Lord's temple and put it into bags. Then they gave the money to the construction supervisors who used it to pay the people working on the Lord's temple. The carpenters, the builders, the masons, the stone cutters, they also used the money to buy the timber and the finished stone needed for repairing the Lord's temple. And they paid any other expenses related to the temple's restoration. The money brought to the temple was not used for making silver bowls, lamp snuffers, basins, trumpets, and other articles of gold or silver for the temple of the Lord. It was paid to the workmen who used it for the temple repairs. No accounting of this money was required from the construction supervisors because they were honest and trustworthy men. Wow. However, the money that was contributed for guilt offerings and sin offerings was not brought into the Lord's temple. It was given to the priests for their own use. About this time, King Hazael of Aram, that's Syria, the north, went to war against Gath and captured it. Then he turned to attack Jerusalem. King Joash collected all the sacred objects that Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Azahiah, the previous kings of Judah, had dedicated along with what he himself had dedicated. He sent them all to Hazael, along with all the gold in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. So Hazael called off his attack on Jerusalem. The rest of the events in Joash's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. Joash's officers plotted against him and assassinated him 
at Beth Milo on the road to Scylla. The assassins were uh, Jazakar, son of Shemeth, and Jehozabad, son of Shomer, both trusted advisors. Hmm. Joash was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, then his son Amaziah became the next king. Well, there's some more points to ponder here. So the temple priests were pocketing the temple offerings and the temple was falling into disrepair. So Joash created a building fund, or, or uh, the priests did, a free will offering that people knew it would go to repair the, repair the temple. Um, and this worked. The repairmen were honest and above board and they didn't even need to keep an account of the costs. Wow, can't find that today. Um, <laughs> seriously. The priests did get some salary from the guilt and sin offerings. Joash paid Hazael of Aram, Syria, off to avoid going to war. Some might see this as a cowardly move that basically bankrupted the kingdom. Fortifying your faith. Just like the temple back then needed repair, probably fortification, your faith needs daily fortification. To do that, you need to read the Bible daily and not just short devotionals. Those devotionals are like a snack. Why have just a snack when you can have a whole banquet of soul-strengthening scripture? That's why I love the free Bible apps, the YouVersion Bible app and uh, Through the Word. Um, they're free, they're available online, they're available in your app stores. Um, they just make life so much easier to read the Bible daily. And you know, and you think about it when you're in the car, when you're cooking, when you're getting ready, you can listen to the Bible, you know, and, uh, and like, you know, or you can sit and take a break and, and read along. And, um, and they, you know, the lessons explain what's going on in the chapters. They're just such great apps. I love them. I use them daily. Furthermore, each person needs to make their own decision to follow Christ on their own. It's a personal relationship that's not attained by just attending a church and following robotic rituals. Another mistake these kings made was not totally destroying the high places where people went to worship idols. What are your high places? What are your idols? Is it time for you to renew the covenant with Jesus? What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded two worship songs, the praise songs, You Are God Alone and Indescribable. I just love them, they're beautiful songs. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. 
Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times. The last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.